0: This is Sandy Clough and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports. Welcome to the program. A happy Monday. You can have happy Mondays. Those are things. You can have them, and they're a little happier when the Denver Broncos get a win. I don't know if I get it. There's a small amount of groups that think they should be tanking, although you might want to take a peek at how Caleb Williams is doing lately when he faces teams that actually have wow. defenses, but nevertheless, the Broncos avoid Sandy going 0-4 at home, and uh, I get it. It's it's not amazing, but as... Um,
1: They've never gone 0-4. No,
0: as uh, you avoid that, and as Tim Robbins' character once said in uh, Bull Durham, you know, winning, like it's better than losing? Yeah. That's kind of where the Denver Broncos are. They almost did,
1: by the way. They had a halftime lead. They coughed it all the way up, <laughs> which they're very used to doing. There had been 10 games in a row in which they had had a halftime lead and blown it. And it looked like there was about uh, a two thirds chance that would happen again yesterday when green Bay scored to go ahead. 1760.
0: Yeah. Will Lutz, obviously it's that 52 yarder with uh, three minutes and change remaining that ends up being the game winner. Lutz's fourth field goal today uh, after the game, if you'd like to get how Sean Payton tends to think about things in case, uh, you, you know, you want to get too excited about being two and five and one and three at home. Uh, Payton was asked about the sort of statistical anomaly of losing 10 consecutive games when you're ahead at the half. Our, our friend Troy Rank asked Payton yes. about it. It sounded like this.
2: This team coach had a weird stat where they had blown 10 halftime leads. Only three of those. Oh. Your team, the Broncos, had had 10 straight halftime leads. Blown. Well, my team. Three this year. Ten straight. Right. Three this year. But how much does it mean? You said your team. Uh, So let's start and say the the Denver Broncos Broncos historically. Yeah. I don't pay attention to that. Had blown that. I don't pay attention to that. How much does it mean? I don't pay attention to it. To to see you get over the hump in the second half. It wasn't our hump. It wasn't our hump. I'm I'm saying that respectfully. It wasn't our hump. Um, We're trying to win. Pat mentioned it to me, and I I thought it was one of these, like, all right, what next? I mean, meaning. In New Orleans, you know, we hadn't won a playoff game on the road. Or, you know, all the—it's like you know, the good teams don't have those issues. The teams that aren't as good have halftime, whatever. Um, but that—that's—that's—that's that's, that's not your team would not be the right word for it. So, with, um, anything else?
0: Yeah. One, good on Troy Rank for continuing to yes. ask the question that Sean Payton clearly wanted to shut down. Two, he brought up Pat Sertan. Well, it's Pat's hump. It's Russell Wilson's hump. It's Cortland Sutton's hump well, and Jerry Judy's not, not hump. Russell and Russell Wilson could hump. say the
1: same thing because it isn't entirely and Justin Russell Simmons Wilson's
0: hump. hump.
1: No, it's, it's it's not actually Russell Wilson's hump. Uh, if you want to be stupid. If yeah, we really want to do this, and, and, I and, guess we can do this. That, we can do that. If you really want to get into it, and he clearly did Didn't want any part of it. Only what's happened under Sean Page watch counts. Remarkable restraint. Because I'd have gone right at him uh, and probably would have been wrong in so doing. But by this time last year, by this time last year, the Broncos had lost two games. Uh, At that point, the streak was four in a row, in which they had had leads at halftime. Mm hmm. So far this year, they've blown three. Not two, three.
0: Worse than Nathaniel Hackett yet again.
1: At this time last year, they had blown two. They would go on to blow three later in the year. Two in November on consecutive weeks, the 13th and the 20th, and then in early December, December 4th, 2022. Since then, their opener against the Raiders, they let it half, blew the game. The next week against Washington, also at home, led at half, blew the game. Against the Jets, you get where I'm going with this? Uh, those are all home all games, right? All three home games. You the lead at half They played before yesterday, they led at the half and blew the game. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, they led at the half and blew the lead, though they did not blow the game. So if he wants to get into that, you were... Minutes away from being the first coach in Bronco history. Not that he cares about that. Going back to the AFL to lose four straight games at home to start a season. Even bad teams. I mean, the Broncos had plenty of bad teams during the 10-year history of the American Football League, and their first seven years in the NFL, they had plenty of bad teams. They never lost four in a row at home to start a season. No matter who the coach was, no matter how the rest of the season turned out, I mean, they had seasons in which they won one game. But that came within the first four games on a home schedule. That was the win. So, he faced the prospect of losing four straight, and the Packers gave him the game. It was as simple as that. The Packers gave him the game with ridiculous penalties, Um not as ridiculous as the one Kareem Jackson took. More on we that in a minute. We will get into
0: that More on later. that in
1: a minute. But they gave the game away. Jordan Love uh, gave the game away. Uh, I actually thought if they, they – they faced a third and uh, 20. Actually, I thought had they picked up five or six yards – I know the guy missed a field goal earlier, right? but he has good leg and he was making them from close to 60 yards in a the warm so They could have tried a field goal and won the game. And I, I think anything inside of 60 yards or maybe up to 60 yards, I, mean, I, think, I think he would have made it. It's a nice day. I, I think he might well have made it. He's a pretty good kicker. Uh So for him to act all huffy over a perfectly legitimate question That Patrick Smythe, that's the Pat to whom (laughs) Peyton was referring, um, and constantly, uh, either directly or indirectly, has belittled constantly over the last two or three months, who who gave him that. So in anticipation, because I know how Patrick works, in anticipation they probably get asked a question about that. Yeah. Of, which was basically what was different about today from the other three home games in which you had halftime leads yeah. and blew the game.
0: A full third of those are yours in seven games. Yes. Seven yes. games. You've coached seven games, three of them you've lost with a halftime lead.
1: And and the the fourth, yes, you won the game, but you blew the lead. Still and blew fell the behind. Lead. Right. Still blew the lead. And you were
0: shutting the team out at halftime, by the way. And uh, look, I I the win's a win. I, I don't, I've, I've never thought, it was kind of funny, there was this idea a couple weeks ago where, you know, people on the internet who think they know a ton about this are like, the Broncos are secretly tanking and Sean Payton's playing. No, I'm like, not. stop. No, they weren't. They never were. They, you know who you are, team. people. They weren't doing they're it. A they're team. a bad team. They're still play, a bad team. They happened to play a team that was worse yesterday. Yes. Just like they played a team that at the time was worse yesterday in the Bears, or when they played them in the Bears, Bears aren't worse than them now, for right. sure.
1: Bears might be better.
0: And they uh, no matter who the quarterback no who is, that they, they proved that the Patriots got
1: away with that. A, win hey, over a the bunch Bills. of one win teams yeah. won yesterday. Denver won, as we know. The Giants won, New England won, Chicago won. The So one win teams aren't necessarily no. tanking. I think people think through almost seven weeks. There's a game left tonight. Right. Almost through seven weeks of the season that if you haven't won or you've only won once, you must be trying to lose bad teams. Don't have to try to lose. Yeah. They find ways to lose and, and, it, and it's, it it would have been, you know, and I, I, I don't care if the Broncos won or lost. I I honestly don't. But after Kareem Jackson,
0: and we'll, we have the whole next segment. His, we'll talk all about that. His
1: cheap shot. Um, I, I was saying, you know, they'll get what they deserve, and frankly, they deserve to lose, and they were lucky that the Packers decided to beat themselves.
0: Much like we saw with the Bears. Uh, they they do get the win, but the, that, that's, the example of showing how hard it is.
1: The only games they win are when the other team gives it away. obviously gives it away. Gives it away. Obviously beats itself. And
0: what we saw around the NFL is indicative of how hard that actually is to be that bad uh, the bears with a backup quarterback blow the raiders out
1: the browns now, the raiders did also have a backup quarterback that's true but but, but, if, but. This was you a didn't blowout. expect him to more than double them 30 blowout. to 12. This wasn't a Division two quarterback playing
0: for the Raiders. You have a bizarre game with the Browns and, and the Colts that ends up 39-38. Nobody saw that coming. You have the Patriots, uh, Matt um, Jones. The,
1: the officials missed the game.
0: Uh, yes. <laughs> that, that happened a few times this week. But we'll, and we'll talk about some of that, too. Uh, the, the Jackson call is not part of it. But, you know, the Patriots knock off the Bills, uh, a, a team that made Miami look you know, very much very mortal. Bad. Yeah. And uh, the Patriots win. You know, the, the, the Giants, who were supposedly looking terrible, absolutely shut the Commanders down to only yes, seven points. Uh, the Buccaneers, did. a few weeks ago, we were talking about them being good. Now the Falcons have a winning record. Uh, the Lions were the, the new hotness around yeah. the league. Yeah. And the Ravens dusted them. Yes. In fact, how about this? Two quarterbacks in the history of the NFL, ever, since 1950, Have multiple games with passer ratings over 150. Now perfect is 158.3. Right. Only two quarterbacks have multiple games on over 150. They are Drew Brees, okay, and Lamar Jackson. That's right. The Steelers end up beating the Rams who are playing well.
1: And we watched a a Sunday night game that looked like Pittsburgh's four and two. Yeah. Pittsburgh is four and two. And their point differential is minus twenty four. Who is the best coach in football it's, again? It's Mike Tomlin. It's Mike Tomlin right Mike now.
0: Mike Tomlin, Andy Reid, and then everybody else get in line. The Eagles and the Dolphins game looked like, at least on paper, it was a Super Bowl preview, and maybe it is, but it was actually kind of dull. The catch is the, the NFL is the dominant sport in America exactly because of this. You don't know. And, and to consistently be bad is really, really hard. It, it is. And good for the Broncos for winning it because that is how the NFL works, right? Sometimes the Bills lose to the Patriots. Well, sometimes the Broncos can have a lead, cough it all up, deserve to lose, and still win, like they did against the Bears. Law of averages. Even, yeah, and that's the nature right. of, of the, the parity-driven NFL. But, you know, don't get too ahead of yourself. The law of averages, you think, would even out with the Chiefs eventually, but the Broncos got them next, and I wouldn't. Hold your breath. Last time I checked, the Chiefs still don't look good. And they're
1: six and one. So uh
0: and the
1: Los Angeles Chargers, I believe, have the highest paid defense in the NFL and they're thirty-first out of thirty-two teams. No points in the second half of that game. You know who the least expensive defensive teams are? The NFL, the least expensive. The least expensive. The team spending less money on defense than any other Mm -hmm. team is the Rams. You just said pretty good team. Yeah. Even losing to the Steelers yesterday, that, it's probably not their best game defensively, but honestly, the Rams are a better team. They're playing at home, and the Steelers had to come from behind, which they did yep. to win 24-17. All right, number 31 is Arizona. Uh, we got a sense of Arizona in the preseason, although Arizona plays hard. They, they yeah. don't have them. They don't have. They starters, just don't have the so talent. Pay, uh, defensive players very much. They don't have much talent there. You know, who's third from the bottom, thirtieth in defensive. Is it Kansas spending. City? Kansas City. Oh my goodness, Kansas City with, <laughs> if not a top five defense, then without question a top I ten think defense. Top five, and they played generally over the last few weeks like a top five defense in the league, playing well against the Broncos offense is is not all that difficult but they were really really dominant that... and they shut out herbert and the, the chargers in the second Nothing. half yesterday i think that over the course the of the season tied at one point
0: i think the chiefs defense has been more impressive to me than the offense
1: it has now yesterday the offense went back uh, to being the kansas City yeah Chiefs. and
0: yards four touchdowns yes. from Mahomes, 12 catches 179 Mahomes for Mahomes kelsey yesterday yeah it was it was impressive stuff well uh, some good receiving performances for the Broncos, Cortland Sutton clearly on the trade block. I mean, who isn't for the most part? Six catches on six targets or 76 yards in the touchdown. Peyton did have things to say about Sutton after the game.
2: Well, yeah, the obviously real big. He's a big target. The touchdown he has is on third down, I believe. Um, you know, so there's a lot of confidence in his catch radius. And, you know, there's some matchups that get created when he's on the field. So uh, I was proud of him and uh, he played he played extremely well.
1: Six four seventy six and one touchdown, and by Sutton standards, that that's, might as well have been Kelsey's twelve for one seventy nine. Yeah, that's a top drawer game. Is it enough to and get him out of with town? Judy, this is the first right. Judy, well, or by or the way, six get, targets, get them both out.
0: five catches for sixty four yards. Yeah,
1: not a bad game. I mean, uh, okay. Yeah. Um, you're you're. If you play that way every week, you'll catch 80 I mean, passes. Wilson
0: threw for 194 yards. So, I mean, yeah. they obviously yeah. had the Lions so, share uh, with that together. No,
1: but it's the, it, it really is the first game in my memory in which Judy and Sutton have both been productive, uh, catching five or more passes uh, for 60 or more yards, both of them, uh, and combining for uh, at least one touchdown. Uh, which Sutton obviously had on the play described. Um, The rest of the receiving numbers weren't particularly good, but the Broncos' two leading receivers were supposedly their two best wide receivers going into the year, and that's the first time in seven weeks that's happened. Where their two best receivers have been Sutton number one and Judy number two or Judy one and Sutton two? First time that's happened this year. Isn't that unbelievable? Yeah. And uh, the offensive start, my way of thinking, was Javante Williams with 82 yeah. yards on 15 carries. Who looks, he looked like the pre-injury yeah. Javante Williams, he again, did. for the first time this year. I thought we saw Javante at his best. Nice game for McLaughlin, 45 yards on five carries. And the Broncos ended up rushing for, uh, well, uh, Burton lost yardage and Mims lost yardage on their respective carries. Uh, but still uh, 145 yards rushing um, against the Packers. That's not a big deal, but for the Broncos, it's a big deal. And actually, in terms of uh, yards per carry, the Broncos have run the ball fairly well this year when they've chosen to run it, and yesterday they chose to
0: run yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, even with the the losses, you know, Mims at the 11-yard line, they still average 5.8. Uh, this and, team and actually and has and run and the and ball. By the way,
1: wh- what a – dumb play that was. Hey, you got if, him on the if field. If you looked at, if you, uh, it, uh, it's a dumb, dumb, <laughs> that's how you use <laughs> him. That's how you use him on a stupid Maybe. gadget play when you hey, have been Peyton killing likes them, his gadget play, Sandy. killing them on the ground. By conventional means, yes, without gadget plays, clever through
0: the air. How will someone know you're an <laughs> offensive genius
1: unless you come up with a gadget play, though? And I'll tell you, I don't want to hear any more about Matt LaFleur being any kind of offensive genius either. Because if that's their offense, I mean, they, th- they, they had one gadget play that worked kind of well, uh, where Wicks, who's left-handed, yeah. got the lateral on the left side and threw it across the field. And Actually it was a pretty it was nice a pass. 14 Although yards. Although if he would thrown it like better, a... it would have been a touchdown. Yeah. it well, at least, been a you know, pretty decent design, program. at least, on the on the play there. But, but, but they're yeah. terrible. Uh, they're, they're, they're ridiculously bad. They are bad. And, you know what was interesting about the crowd yesterday? A lot of noise, but a whole lot of Bronco fans sold a whole lot of tickets to Green Bay Packers fans yesterday. Yeah. And that was much of the story at the stadium, I thought, yesterday. The Broncos have no— home field advantage to speak of they're like the Rockies now a healthy percentage of fans who come to the Bronco games are rooting for the other team it is
0: uh it is a win so that's a good sign and o- that'll be true on Sunday Carolina by the way. and Arizona uh, oh my goodness yo I can't even imagine that I think that stadium is going to be
1: mostly a third a third red I really do yeah. uh I'm maybe not mostly but it at, at least, least a third it's and gonna probably be, be close notable. to 40%.
0: This is your program, too. I want to let you know that you can call or text at 303-831-1340. The news of the day happening just before, a uh, little bit just before the show started, Kareem Jackson suspended for four games following his uh, hit and ejection yesterday. There are uh, some split opinions on this, including... From Ryan Clark of ESPN and from Sean Payton of the Broncos himself. You might be surprised, however, on which one came down on which side. We'll tell you more about it next on Miley Sports.
2: This is Sandy Clough
0: and Chandro Tar on Mile High Sports.
2: I think it's difficult sometimes. Um, the officials are trying to make these calls. Sometimes it's a little bit easier to see and replay. Um, I think one of the challenges for Cream is he's got some priors, you know. And so when you get pulled over, and and you've had four or five speeding violations, you're going to spend a little bit more time on the side of the road if you if you didn't have any. And and I think that um, I wasn't surprised. Um, I haven't seen a real clean shot of it, but um, you know we just got to keep finding ways to 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 keep the head out of the 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 main part of the hit. And uh, and he's smart, you know. He's someone that wants to do the right thing, so we'll work on that.
0: Think about this, Andy Sean paid from after the game. This oh, is it's a guy after
1: the game before the suspension. Yeah, before the suspension. The
0: this is a guy that earlier in the year talking to USA Today. Said that he still believes the league is out to get him with penalties, and even Sean Payton with that one's like, I don't know what y'all expected. You keep doing this, you're gonna get it. I, what, what do you expect? And and he's exactly right. Uh, Jackson will appeal four-game suspension. Uh, signed. It'll be uh, that would if it was all four, he'd lose five hundred and fifty-eight thousand. He's already lost dollars. Yeah, he's lost 000. eighty-nine thousand six hundred and seventy. And here is the letter. Uh, From (laughs) Vice President of Football Operations, John Runyon, that he wrote to Kareem Jackson. Former player, by the way. Uh, Former offensive lineman. Yes. Gotten hit around a little bit. Quote, on the play in question, you delivered a forceful blow to the head and neck area of a defenseless receiver when you had the time and space to avoid such contact. You could have made contact with your opponent within the rules, yet you chose not to. End quote. Yee. I mean, I don't know how much more clear you can get uh, when it comes to that. And it's funny because... As always happens, Sandy, you know, I I sent this out on on Twitter. Yeah, I still call it Twitter, whatever. Estro, Tar, S-D-R-O-T-A-R, if if you want. And I I said specifically that I think this had to happen. There's been far too many questionable shots to ignore. And I said that the way Kareem has played his whole career doesn't matter. Whether you like how the league has evolved doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is what the league is today. You can adjust to it or you can suffer the consequences. And that's just reality. And, of course, the response is generally, okay, you get the weird sexist troglodytes who are, have them, put them all in pink. Uh, One of them was halfway decent, saying that if the NFL cared more about player safety, they'd all wear the padded helmets in games instead of practice. I don't disagree with that assessment. That's a very fair point. Uh, But, you know, the normal, it's flag football. Sean, you know what you're talking about? The initial point is shoulder to shoulder. Another guy, clean it, shoulder to shoulder. Folks, it wasn't
1: shoulder to shoulder. All three guys he hit illegally. Were concussed. So yeah, they didn't get in the
0: head at all. And I mean, it's, it's, look, here's the deal. 53 active players on game day, right? Two players have penalties like this this year. Justin Simmons has one. Kareem Jackson has four. And exactly what Sean Payton said, you have, he, he knows what he's supposed to do. He's smart. You have to take the head out of it. If 52 of the 50 guys, or let's see, even 51, because Simmons messed up, although I don't think Simmons was as egregious, but nevertheless. Let's say 51 out of 53, Sandy. If 51 out of the 53 guys could avoid yeah. having those penalties, and Kareem jack that's, by the way, 96%, and Kareem Jackson is the only guy that can't, I'm sorry. The problem isn't with the league. The problem is with you, you aren't being able to follow
1: the rules. That's on you. The problem is that a once fine player can't play anymore. And the only reason he stayed on this team is that the they guy did, they, behind him hurt gets hurt every year. And
0: he is again. Well, the guy behind him yesterday got the game-sealing and interception in P.J. Lock, was, And will be better. starting for as long as Kareem Jackson ends up suspended. And may stay starting even after Kareem Jackson That's comes back. That's the next question. At what point, because this team isn't going to the playoffs, and all you keep hearing from a lot, from the people who believe the Broncos are secretly tanking, or the people who don't, and they want to play the young guys, why keep playing Kareem Jackson at all? Right. Why not play PJ Lock? Why not play JL Skinner? Why not play some of these young guys and see what you got? You're not going to the playoffs. What's the point? And and you're exactly right. I am not and I am not opposed to Kareem Jackson, who I find to be thoughtful.
1: And, oh, he's, he's, he's a good guy.
0: And I find him, yeah, I find him to be a, a outstanding player with an outstanding career, but I think you're right. At this point, the lack he, of speed, he's, he's out of position a lot. Step. And the, the what you end up doing there is you either hit as hard and try to intimidate, or you don't have your timing right anymore. Right. And you're hitting guys in the head. Right. And whichever it is, it's a problem. And it could have cost the Broncos this game. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And at what point do you continue... The experiment. I mean, I, I I think if I'm the Broncos, and I gotta be honest, I mean, we know who Sean Payton is. We hear what Sean Payton sounds like. Sean Payton didn't offer an ounce of defense for Kareem Jackson. Fabian Moreau started over Damari Mathis.
1: He did. And he played and every he,
0: snap. And he played quite well. And he he's probably staying in that role until oh, I think otherwise. So.
1: Now, Mathis did get in the game when they used mm-hmm. he made a couple uh, additional snaps. defensive backs. But Moreau
0: is the starter opposite Sertan so, the whole game.
1: Yeah. And I, I'm
0: one and of, he's a veteran, and I get it. And it's the opposite, where, where, where Moreau has listen, more experience I, than Mathis. I have, I, I have no, but I don't think Sean Payton would be opposed to moving away from Cream Jackson no, to no. P.J. Locke. I, but,
1: but listen, Mathis played three snaps, and I can understand that. What I can't understand, uh, the tackling machine played every snap. Ridgeway. And miss tackles. Well, the, the one who's called the tackling machine the is their leading tackler. Right, right. Uh, the other guy plays a mm, little more than four snaps out of five. But the, the four guys who played every snap yesterday were Sertan, Simmons, Moreau, and Singleton played every snap, which... When you add everything up, means that Drew Sanders was out there for four snaps yesterday. Right. Six percent of the snaps. Four snaps for Drew Sanders. Who another according Sean to Vance Payton Joseph, guy. A play and was drafted by Sean Payton and another guy about whom it was said in preseason, he makes plays every day that nobody else makes out here. Now they also Vance said Joseph. he needs to
0: make the more consistent ones regularly, but I, but the, I, I get your Four important. snaps? Yeah, like, that's, that's the question Four I run snaps. into, Sandy.
1: McLaughlin, by the way, played 10 snaps Who on offense, are? which is ridiculous, and Mims played 18 snaps. Not a lot. Uh, 31%, that's more than he has been playing, but uh, among receivers, Humphrey played more, uh, Johnson played more, and obviously Judy and Sutton played more, although Judy only played a little more than two-thirds of the snaps, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah, I think, I think that's Sutton notable. Sutton was out too. there 86% of the time, so other than Wilson and the offensive lineman, he played more than anybody else. Who are these Broncos? Now, they get a win.
0: Do they believe, Do you think they believe, and I'm, I'm talking about Sean Payton, the guy who decides who plays and who doesn't, right?
1: Uh,
2: Does he believe certainly on offense, that they
0: yeah. still have an opportunity to... Well, but I suggest I, I'm going to at least suggest that Vance Joseph didn't just decide to swap in Moreau for Mathis as a starter and not mention it. I think Peyton gets probably a thumbs oh, up. Oh no, no, up, he, th- of thumbs course, thumbs of course. That.
1: But I mean, it's I so, mean, I, a, I assume that's a mutual decision. At what point? I mean, it,
0: w- what is this team? This is where you run into some weird spots. Jerry Judy seems like a guy you want to trade. Maybe Cortland Sutton too, but certainly Judy. Uh In Mathis's case, it's been so bad you have to go to a guy in Moreau, although Moreau hasn't been in the league like ten years. But Kareem Jackson's been in it fourteen years. Is this a team that's still out there to try to win as many games as possible and make a run for the playoffs? Is this a team that wants to angle itself towards its younger players? The the Broncos have a place in the
1: AFC, but the
0: Broncos have an identity crisis. All right, what are they? Are they a team that's building for the future? Are they a team that's trying to win now?
1: I don't. The the, the roster is incongruent. Uh, Either direction. They don't have enough talent to win now. Uh, they don't have a lot of draft capital. So if you're thinking about the future, unless they somehow uh, trade off either one player and flee somebody or a couple of players and get maybe three draft picks, three or four draft picks back in exchange, uh, they won't be first or seconds. They're going into next year's draft with, what, seven picks, eight picks maybe? At this point, they've made some deals recently, yeah. so that number might have changed. But I'm looking at it, and, you know, New England actually played well yesterday. Mac Jones had a good game. Yep. But New England has played a lot harder than the Broncos have played. Belichick is still a good coach, and people will play hard for him. That's the only team, other than Denver, with five losses in the AFC. Uh, Tennessee's two and four. The Raiders are three and four. Indy's three and four. Uh, since he's three and three, I mean, it, you, it, you, uh, it, Chargers are two and four now. Chargers are two and four. So, uh, <laughs> is a, if you're chasing the playoffs, listen. Buffalo at four and three is the last playoff team in the AFC. If you don't don't have a winning record, you're out of it. You're out of it. Uh, And in the NFC, not as strong. Uh, You have Tampa at three and three, occupying the last playoff spot. But the Rams in Washington, New Orleans are all three and four. The... And that's,
0: I guess, maybe some of the frustration that Broncos fans are feeling. Well, that's right, because, uh, it, it, because you, know, if you didn't, were, didn't have to be amazing. If,
1: if you were three and four, or even four and three, you actually are in mix. Sean Payton, your your team would have held some halftime blown leads. Blown all three of those halftime leads, you'd be if you'd only Very one, much li- alive, you'd at, be at least mathematically. Three. At least mathematically, right? You'd be very much alive for for a playoff spot. You might not be in the playoffs because. Uh, you know, Buffalo is the only team in the AFC playoff field through seven weeks that saw us three games. Everybody else is four and two, five and two, six and one. Everybody. Everybody. Cleveland's four and two. Pittsburgh is four and two. Jacksonville's five and two. Baltimore's five and two. Miami's five and two. Kansas City's six and one. And unless some very odd things take place, the Chiefs are going to be the number one seeds again. And... Uh, Teams like Miami are going to have to go and play in the cold in the playoffs. If they get as far as Kansas City, that is. Yeah. And listen, I love Miami. I love the way they play. And I even liked them last night. They were down 17 3 and were getting totally dominated and fought back and tied the game. Got a pick six off Hertz and tied the game 17 17. But then Philadelphia just asserted itself. And I think. I'm sorry, the two best teams to me in football right now, if you're going on body of work for this year, are Philadelphia and San Francisco. Now Kansas City's in there, and you might even like Kansas City from here on out. I do. Yeah. To, because because they I don't even think they've peaked peaked played well in their they, six they and haven't one. peaked. Right. yet. Philadelphia has played some of the best football it can play. Philadelphia's physicality last night ended up yeah. just being too and much San for Miami. Francisco, to deal with. If if they don't get all three guys, the three Arguably, their three best players on offense, all hurt in the same game, Trent Williams, McCaffrey, and Debo Samuel, they're 6-0. and Going into a game tonight that they should win. And McCaffrey a, yeah. is going to play. They're a seven
0: point favorite on the Even though the road Samuel and Williams
1: probably won.
0: Right. So, uh, yeah, Niners take on the Vikings tonight, seven point favorites uh, in Monday Night Football. And yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you. And those are physical yes. teams yes. Uh, that, yes. that also, uh, what they are, I mean, sort of the perfect combination, they're physical teams with speed.
1: Right. That's They're, the they're explosive now, teams. That's not a shock. Every team would like to be
0: both of those things, uh, and very few can be, but that's really what it is. And it's tricky. And I get it. It's hard. It's harder to play with the emphasis on on the stuff with the head than, than it used to be. And if you're a guy like Kareem Jackson, who's played for 14 seasons, the way you used to play is no longer the way you're allowed to play. Over at ESPN, over on NFL Live, Ryan Clark talked about it and felt Jackson's suspension is unfair. Figured wanted to be able to hear a little bit from the other perspective.
1: He actually reached out to me when we were preparing for the show. Now I know mm-hmm. why. When you think about the way the game has changed, Kareem Jackson is a dinosaur. They don't want people to play football this way. And so
2: now asking a guy who's been in the league over a decade, who yeah. developed a style of play, who is an intimidator in the inside to be different, is very difficult for him. But if he doesn't change,
1: they're going to legislate him out of this game. So he's going to have to make those is adjustments.
2: fair, you think, the four No, games? I don't think it's fair. I yeah. don't think
1: it's fair to ask a guy in that position and that. Split second moment, but what's happened to him is it's the repetitiveness, yeah. right? It's the consistency of the hits and not seeming to adjust. I like Ryan Clark a lot, but that makes no sense to me. At the end, he's criticizing him. Yeah, saying he's a repeat offender. But it's not fair. But it's not Yeah, fair. you're trying to have it both ways I mean, there, and it, and it doesn't well, work out. Well, you know what happened? Kareem Jackson, as you well, mentioned, called him. Personally, yeah. 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 So, and pair, Ryan Clark, pair, pair of safeties. Ryan Clark's safety too. Yeah. and Ryan Clark hit hard, uh, but it, even Kareem Jackson, his first year or two here, Kareem Jackson hit hard, but he hit within the rules. Yeah, th- this and is now really he's over the knew. hill. Now he's washed up, so he's late, and the impact he makes is through hits to the head. Just don't hit people in the head. And I think that's where, that's where Clark is mistaken don't hit him
0: too, in the because head. you're exactly right. This for Kareem Jackson. Well, 14's into the league. This kind of on-field behavior is actually relatively new. He's been a hard hitter, but he was traditionally a a hard hitter and a clean hitter. Now he's no longer a clean hitter. That is new. The the NFL is not actually telling him to play differently because he wasn't a guy that was headhunting before. Now he is. And like we said, Maybe it's because he feels he has to be an intimidator. Maybe it's simply because the speed has, is lapsed and he doesn't have the timing anymore because that can be part of it too. But this is what the league is. And I've, I have had uh, a lot of concussions when I'm younger, when I was younger, and I have some severe migraines at times that will actually blind me in my right eye. I'll just see white. Like you put up a big piece of paper in front of it. Uh, I don't know how related it is because nobody can tell that until after you've died. At the moment, there's no treatment for when people are living to be able to tell what sort of damage you're from concussions. All the more reason to avoid them. And it's easy when you're in the stands or you're somewhere else and just saying, "Well, who cares about that?" You you know, get a get wear pink, get a flag. Well, one, cool for you, macho man, that's great. Um, two, it's not your head or your family, or your livelihood. And again, 96% of the Denver Broncos roster have avoided having those penalties this year. So sorry, it's the 4% that has to change. And that's how it goes. And you know what? That's how it's gone around the league. And the fact that that Kareem Jackson is getting hit with this big a suspension and this big a fine, again, it will now be, if at he's all... He's a recidivist. He is, this is the point, but he's He's one of the few. He's one of the few. Not that he's a dinosaur. It's he's one of the few guys in the league this year, right now, who can't stop hitting people in the head. This year, 2023,
1: every player has anybody else been suspended? Young guys, old guys, before now for hitting people in the head. I think he's the first one this year. He's the first one this year. And and what does that tell you? Four games because he's the one doing it the most. He's done it four times.
0: That doesn't have to do with uh, changing the way that, that he plays or anything else. He's the guy hitting people in the head the most.
1: And so you get and what he's you he's also get. been ejected before. So if you're It's his a a second time ejection of the year. It could have easily been ejected another Target time, of ejections, you're going to get suspended after the second one. That makes sense. You've been warned. You've been fined almost $90,000 already. And by the way, your own head coach. A guy who was
0: responsible for freaking Bounty Gate yeah. <laughs> didn't defend you. Sean the Payton, of Bounty Gate. Yeah, the, Sean Payton <laughs> the architect of Bounty Gate, didn't defend you. What else do you need to see, folks? Broncos fans, get over it. Time to move on. And it's not going to make a lick of difference anyway. P.J. Locke gets his first interception, and we'll get a chance to get more going forward no matter how long Jackson's suspension is. Well, we'll go to good news. I mean, uh, the Broncos did win. They haven't won five in a row. In fact, they're not unbeaten on the season. The Colorado Avalanche are. We'll touch on their game on Saturday next on My Sports. Well,
2: if you enjoy prosperity, I the world is spinning around. I said the world is upside down. Say the world is spinning around You know the day destroys the night Night divides the day
0: Sandy Clough and Sean Tar, Presented by Superbook Sports Download the Superbook app and start winning today at superbook.com Here's Sean and Sandy I don't care what Georgiev paints on his mask, if he thinks it's lucky, and he thinks it's good, I believe him because he's playing
2: his tail off.
1: And Yushkin, liking it to the slide,
2: SCORE! Nathan McKinnon rips it inside the near post, and the abs
1: are pouring it on off in the Canes. That's three straight tallies, and they've got a 5-3 lead, here
0: in period number two. That's right, brother. That's uh, our friend and yours. Of course, Mark Moser on the call for altitude. But if you play, replay that again in your head, the Chushkin to Bleckinen, to McKinnon. Huh? Yeah. That's not the
1: usual line, is it? Well, in mid-game, roughly at mid-game, Jared Bednar on the bench did what he often does. And... He split up McKinnon and Rantanen not so much to get somebody else going on another line, but because on this particular night, McKinnon and Rantanen weren't making any plays. So he splits them up, and he has McKinnon centering Nashushkin on the right, Lekinan on the left. Um, they were terrific as a line combination. All three of them played brilliantly. After that change was made. And the second line was almost as good Johansson, Rantnan, and Tatar. So Rantnan and Tatar go down from the first line to the second, with Johansson centering them, and Johansson is playing well. And again, uh, 113 of 23 faceoffs the other night. They kept the third and fourth lines together, and they were fine, especially that fourth line. Olofsson had a goal. Mm-hmm. O'Connor had another short goal. uh picked up an assist and was plus 2 in about 11 minutes 20 seconds of of ice time. Uh three guys on the fourth line between 11 minutes 17 seconds and 12 and a half minutes for O'Connor played right throughout as well as any of the lines. Uh, at least at the start of the game, and it was Bednar. uh, One of the many strengths of Bednar is his willingness to do that, and then when he's asked about it after the game, say, well, I'll I'll tell you exactly why I did it. McKinnon and Ranton weren't doing anything, basically. That's what he said. He said they weren't making plays, so I split them up. He said
0: also here, maybe I'm just hard on our team, because I expect a lot, but I think they expect a lot. I think we've done a nice job. I'm happy with the results, but I know that it's nowhere near as good as right. we can play, so he's we're going to exactly keep pushing right. to get there as fast and quick as we can to the top of our game and then maintain it and hone in on those habits. The the thing that I like about what Bednar, has, what, what he's able to do with that, Sandy, it's a, it's a couple things, but he has the ability to do that without tearing his own guys down. He understands like it's a long season sometimes, you're just not going to click that night. Well, that's okay. We'll try other things. And he's not afraid to experiment and he's not afraid to experiment early. And that's a right idea. And we've talked about uh, this team with a totally new third line and two thirds of its second line are, 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 are probably at least one part of the, in Johnson's case is new. And then you had drew on as well. So half of its forward lines are new and they need time to play together. Mixing up the lines. Isn't the worst way to do it. and, Give Bednar credit for that, but also this is an example of what we talked about before the season. Uh, Chris McFarlane, the general manager, did a brilliant job of adding not only the pieces that the Avalanche needed, but flexible guys. Olufsen with the goal last night. Olufsen coming from the Stars. Uh, originally a local product. Grew up up northern Colorado. Olufsen can play center or wing. Cogliano can play center or wing. O'Connor can play on the third. Or the fourth. Tatar right. can play on the third or the second. Uh Colton can play on the and third on or the, the second. <laughs> Lekanen can play on the first and second. A choose can play on the first. You yeah. get the point. Yeah. So so Bednar has a bunch of flexible guys. then right. uh you know, you can move guys to the center role if
1: you have then can play center. Now a good enough player to play a part from McKinnon. Absolutely. He's a good enough player on his own to do that. And he can center a line. He's done right. that on occasion, Absolutely. too. I Absolutely. mean, th-
0: this is a team that has so much flexibility that if you're Jared Bednar, it gives you not only opportunity to tinker and to play, but it allows you in games like this, which, by the way, it was 6-4. to four. I mean, this was the, the first game which Georgiev looked kind of human. Yeah. And you, yeah, you it was needed his worst game. kind of the, the, the kick in the backside. Right. And, and right. Bednar understood, hey, look, this is going to be a high-scoring game. We can't afford to have a
1: bad game from mckinnon Random. we got to right. get a little –
0: see if we can find some
1: sparks. Well, uh, you know, they, they had a lead, and they lost it, uh, falling behind 3-2. And they answered after those line changes with four goals in the blink of an eye. Yeah. five. It goal, was 6-3 by the end of the period. 6-3 by the end of the period. And they gave up one uh, goal fairly far into the third period. Uh, to make it six four, and I know Carolina is missing three or four key guys. I get, I get that this wasn't the best Carolina. Yeah, but Hurricane they're they're, they're not against. chumps though. Still, well, no, it's no, a good team. they're not. I I understand that. I'm just saying the Avalanche are healthy, and I like the response after they fell behind three to two because mm-hmm. I thought they were in trouble, and Bednar made those changes, so he sensed that something needed to change, and that the changes worked, and his willingness to make those changes, I, I listen, the Avalanche played a bunch of teams last year when they had three or four key guys here. Sure. And they went 31-7-4 and four in the last 42 games. And that's the other part of this. 36-7-4 and four in the last 47 games played by the Colorado Avalanche. Carrying back to last year when they played many of those games without McKinnon and or McCarr.
0: Logan O'Connor with the third consecutive game of shorthanded goals. How about that? Seventh player to score uh, shorthanded three games in history. straight in history. Ties Joe Sackick's record set in 1998. But we're talking about, you know, seven players have ever done it. Ever. Now, Joe Sackick happens I to be one of them. I had
1: forgotten that Joe Sackick killed penalties back then. Um, often enough to be able to score three. Short-handed goals. Yeah. I'm not surprised that he scored goals shorthanded in three straight games. I'm surprised that he was used, and I I don't remember when in '98 it was. Was it '97, '98, or '98, '99? I don't know who the coach was. Yeah, I'd have Whether to. Whether it was Crawford or Hartley, what yeah, well, we got there it was one that. of the two. Yeah, but if we get the date, we'll know. And still out, out know, there on the it's, PK, it's,
0: it's, hey, he had a good stick. You know, he was good at, good at the puck hey, check when he was Har- back there. Hartley, in the day.
1: Hartley sometimes would play. Forsberg, and Sackett
0: together. Yep. On the kill. Yep. Yep, I remember that as well. Jordan Martinook of the Hurricanes, I think, summed it up for the Avs' 5-0 start. Quote, when you're giving up two, three power play goals a game, then you're obviously behind. You give that team four or five goals, it's not going to look good for you. And even in an off game for Georgiev, uh, in which he only had 23-27, eight fifty two save percentage, uh, still, by the way, his numbers look phenomenal. Of course. But uh, it feels There's like... One- Ordinary game. Tomorrow night, they they play the maybe. Islanders in in New York. Maybe it's time to see Ivan prosvitov yeah. Maybe, maybe let's let's yeah, let's I'm see what it. he looks like. And you know what? If there's a game where he's not real good, you'll um uh, people won't talk about it that much because they might be watching this other game that I think that like a, there's a basketball game tomorrow of some significance. Right? Uh and by the way, you heard at the very beginning of the segment the call by Mark Mosier, he doesn't care what uh Georgiev paints on his mask. What's on his mask is a gold miner panning for gold on the side of his hockey mask, uh, pulling down gold. The Nuggets, of course, will take on the Lakers uh, tomorrow in the season opener. The Avs will play the Islanders tomorrow. Those games are both actually sort of early starts. The Nuggets start at
1: 530 for the National and the uh, Avs start at 6. And you were poking the other day at the NHL. Uh, Yes, tomorrow night is kind of sort of opening night, but there are only two games. Right, there are only two games, and they'll both be on yeah, TNT. And
0: everybody in the NHL goes tomorrow, which is kind of fun. So, I mean, hockey and, and basketball season are underway. Football season, of course, is here. So, why bet with the big boys? Try your hand at the local book this fall. That's our friends at Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports is the book next door. Just a dedicated team of the best odds makers in Las Vegas, making sure that you get the best prices and parlays anywhere. And now, Superbook will give you a bonus of up to two hundred fifty dollars when you sign up and wager on the same day using the promo code MILE. Hi. so bet with the best use promo code mile high this football season with superbook sports visit superbook.com for terms and conditions gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER well it is monday on our mondays we like to have a little bit of mental mondays that'd be our friend dr rick peria comes in for our checkup from the neck up we'll do that next right here on mile high sports